Thank you for downloading this episode of Folk on Foot. Before we start, I just wanted to share a brief message. If you like what we do, we really need your support to keep going. You can join our wonderful band of members and you'll get great rewards. These include access to our amazing Folk on Foot on Film archive of hundreds of songs shot on location on our travels around the UK and Ireland. To sign up, just go to folkonfoot.com slash support us. You'll also get an ad-free version of all our episodes and an email postcard from me each time we go on a walk. If you just want the ad-free version, it'll cost you £3 a month and you can get it through your Apple Podcast app or at folkonfoot.com slash support us. Finally, if you don't want to make a regular commitment but do want to show how much you love us, you can simply buy us a coffee. You can also do that at folkonfoot.com slash support us. Every penny we get goes back into making more episodes of Folk on Foot. So thank you and enjoy the walk. Oh, I do love a ferry. And uh, here we are going from Porter Ferry to Strangford, across Strangford Lock in Northern Ireland. A bit chilly and a bit damp, but it's so exciting because we're going to meet a band called True, who are from this area and who are going to sing us songs that are absolutely rooted here. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying being at sea. Really nice to see you. Thanks, Martin. Just tell us exactly where we are. So we're in Restrever, County Down. It's uh, on the mouth of Carlingford Loch. And we're just about to walk into a forest known as the Ferry Glen. And it's uh, very popular with families coming in uh, on a Saturday. I used to roll my Easter eggs up here as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, lots of memories from this place. I just wanted to introduce yourselves. Yeah, so uh, I'm Donal. I grew up in the neighbouring town, Warren Point, just down the road. Just a few months ago, my mum and dad told me that when they were moving to this area, dad's from Derry and mum's from Banbridge, they were looking at that house right there, and for whatever reason didn't work out. Oh, that but, would have been beautiful overlooking yeah. the stream here. <laughs> it's pretty the special, Glen, yeah. It? yeah. Pretty special. No, but Warren Point's nice too. And the other Zach? Yes, I'm Zach. So uh, unfortunately I'm not from here. I'm from <laughs> a bit uh, further north, just outside Lisburn. And Michael? Yes, my name is Michael Mormica and I uh, come from Lisburn also. Yeah. Wonderful to meet you here. Yeah, and thank you. Let's go. Let's get walking. And, and your band is called True. What's the story behind the name? So True comes from a, a story that I heard at a singing session one night. Someone asked me if I, I knew about the, the myth of the True. And it's from the Irish word for three people, which is Truer. And the True were a, a band of poet musicians who were singing for tribes and clans and kings and queens in medieval and, and all, for hundreds of years in Ulster and they were revered across the Celtic world and it was actually they were thought to possess access to the other world through their songs and it was an unbroken trio so you would have an elder a younger and then someone in between so when the elder was getting to the end of his or her days he would pass on all of the songs and stories to the other two so that when he uh, but that then they would get another younger in and then it would be unbroken for 
They say it was centuries. It's a fantastic name for a trio of, of younger singers here, isn't it? I mean, what a wonderful name. Well, like I said, I heard it one night at a session. I don't know what time it was. It was in between a few songs. Maybe people were at the bar. And you hear these wild things at, you know, singing sessions and, and uh, concerts and things. And just really piqued, piqued my interest and looked into it a bit more. But it's, it's difficult to find other stuff about it. So maybe it's one of those oral culture things that it passes around, but it sort of takes on a life of its own. But certainly there's, there's something there and it really inspired us. The idea of the three, and I suppose you've got... A big part of what we're doing is the three-part harmony, and uh, and it's a very simple thing. You know, we've quite a minimalist setup, but uh, inspired very much by the the old songs. And you've got some instruments with you. Would you mind giving us a song right here by the river? Yeah, we could sure? do. Yeah. 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 What are you going to sing here? So we thought if we're going to come into the fairy glen, we can maybe sing a, a fairy song. So this is actually one of the big songs of Ulster. It's called Urchil Cragan and uh, comes from the 18th century, uh, a poet, very, very well-known poet called Art McCoy, who was writing in kind of South Armagh, along the border, in a region known as the Oriel. It was a, an old kingdom called the Oriel. And a brilliant singer, musician called Podrigin Yulhan has uh, done some amazing, really, really inspiring research on a book called The Hidden Ulster. And we took inspiration from her work and, and sort of uncovered the song. And actually, I. A few years ago, I heard a recording from 1966 of my 17-year-old uncle, Colin Fitzpatrick, singing this song. Uh, that must have been amazing. Yeah, it was so strange. But also, all my aunties and uncles were singing. My mum was 12. She sang a wee song in Irish. And uh, yeah, bizarre. But I suppose the song has survived for centuries and it'll survive another few generations too. What's it about? It's about a poet who wakes up drunk in a, a graveyard and as the the morning dawns he is dazzled but he opens his eyes and sees not just the sunlight but a beautiful maiden and she is coming with the dawn to greet him and he knows who it is it is the sparavan it's a visitation from the other world this is an ashling and the ashling is a a very old form it would have been a very powerful form of poetry and and so art McCoo is tying into this tradition of the ashling which means translates as a dream or a vision so um, the poet asks to be taken away into the other world, to the, the beautiful halls with the beautiful music and the, the spiritual realm. But he cannot go because he is human and he is destined to be mortal. So uh, he rolls over into his grave and dies. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect for the fairy glen, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's see how it goes. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Absolutely beautiful, so atmospheric, so gorgeous to hear you singing in that way. And is that a, sort of typical of the way you think about songs that you really strip them back to the, you know, the bare bones and, and let the melody sing through? Well, I mean, with any folk song, there's a reason it has survived, and I think that melody is just mesmerizing. And we noticed pretty early on when we started playing it, it has an effect on us. And I think, like any good song, it will have an effect on an audience, but we're the first audience, in a sense, so um, that's a special one. Other songs we might um, treat a bit differently, but that one always deserved to be on its own, almost. Simple and moving, I think, just incredibly moving to hear you sing it here right by the river. And people were walking past while you were doing it and, and listening to you, the children who just came past were hearing it in the air. So it was a wonderful experience. Thank you. Thank you. I'm guessing that this river goes down to the sea, quite close Probably. to here. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> could we could we walk down to the sea? Do you That's think? Let's do it. Sure. And, um, and while we while we're heading for the sea, just looking back, I can see the wooded mountain there. What is that mountain that's going up behind us? Well, that is where the Mourne Mountains begin. So we might take a wee dander up there later on, but the, the mountains stretch to the north. And actually, when we go down to the sea, we'll have a beautiful view of the Cooley Mountains, which are in County Louth. And so I grew up overlooking Carlingford Loch, which is an estuary that comes in and it is the border. So that's where the boundary was drawn in the early 20th century. And you've got these two mountains rising out of the sea. And for whatever reason, it's, they're different countries. And uh, there's some legends and lore that are... Uh, circulating in the in the air around here as well. No, we'll talk more about those in a minute, but what about the legends of the Fairy Glen? Because we're in the Fairy Glen now, so what sort of fairies should we expect? <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know what you might find in the Fairy Glen. That's the thing with you know, all across Ireland. I think it's more the landscape that uh, attracts these sort of mystical ideas, like we're walking by this beautiful bubbling river and at the foot of the mountain, so it's hard not to think of uh, other things and be inspired by those ideas. And the idea that there's some kind of magic in the air Absolutely. is quite a powerful thought, isn't it? Yeah, and I think these areas, they're so rich 
and nature almost dominates you know the non-human natural world dominates and, and i think that's where these stories come in it's almost like they're trying to keep keep it away from humans and, and steal it away from humans a little bit um so yeah it doesn't take too long to be uh, to be inspired and maybe to to meet a fairy you know you might think that they're actually just a local but sometimes they say they're uh, you know, you ask around and, yeah, they don't actually exist. They're they're only in the fairy glen. So. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out. There's somebody walking his dog here. I don't know. Is he a fairy? <laughs> Morning. Well, Mike, Tommy. <laughs> it's a friend of yours. <laughs> oh, you're Tommy. You're not a fairy by any chance, no. are you? No, I, I just, I'm just asking. Tell him how you doing. How are you getting on, man? Okay, just trying to write a song which is harder than you make and well oh, you yeah. know. Is that the same one you were starting uh, 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Good to yeah. see you buddy. We're just talking about fairies here. Do you have any fairy stories? No. No. There's <laughs> 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 Good to see you. Good to see you. It's an old friend of yours, Michael. I started playing in bands about 20 years ago and Warren Point and Yuri was some of the first places we came down to and Tommy was always on the desk engineering in some of the local bars. So, but just on the way down, he just came into my mind this morning. This is one of those things. And you've conjured him up, haven't you? I did that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the fairy land conjured him up. You know. But <laughs> if he's looking to write that song, he'll find it in there. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Inspiration will strike. <laughs> yeah. The boys have got a bit ahead of me now, and I think they've just stopped to talk to some people in the square just by the river here they're going to sing a song I think they're just going to sing a song for these people who've just fetched up Sleep I can get none For thinking of my dear When I sleep I dream When I wake I Now we've got the drums out, Michael. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, and the brushes. Yeah, the broomsticks. Yeah, what are they made of? It's dried corn. You, you played the drums with dried corn? Yeah, and, and you can buy these from a company for 30 bucks, but I just bought a broom for a tanner and made four pairs. So there you go. There's a trip <laughs> tanning drummers out there. Very practical. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're on a pier now, coming out into this sea lock, um, and there are two yachts out of the water on the end of the pier, and this view is just spreading around us now, the, the mountains with mist lowering over the top of the mountains. Donald, do you want to tell us where we are and what we can see? Yeah, so we are looking directly south at the Cooley Mountains, that's Sleeve Foy. That's in County Lau, the Republic of Ireland. And this 
body of water here is the border. So this is where the border was drawn. So if you look from east to west here, you can see there are those houses there. That's Omeath, a little village called Omeath in County Louth. And that building on the right, the white building, that's Warren Point, that's where I'm from. And you can see they're very, very, it's almost a stone's throw. But it's called Narrow Water. And there's a, I think it's a 16th century keep. If you were to sail up that, you'd, you'd meet the keep. And then Narrow Water Castle is just at the entrance to Warren Point as you go up to Newry. So oh, it's yeah. quite stunning, this, and it's, it's a, a lovely expanse of water with a couple of yachts riding at anchor there, and then just tree-lined hill on the left here. Did you ever get used to this when you were growing up around here? Did you get used to this view? Yeah, hardly saw it at all. I was like, I left Warren Point uh, when I was 18, and I remember coming back from university and almost seeing it for the very first time when I was like 18, just looking at it, being like, "Oh my God, this is where I grew up." You know, you take, sometimes it takes that bit of distance. Then there's a, a main road behind us here, which we might hear a little bit of, but this is a great place for a song. And I, I see you've got your flute, you've got the guitar, yep. we've got the drums. What are you going to sing? Yeah, so this is one of the songs on our, our new album, Eternity Near, and we were inspired by the mythology of this coastline. But not only that, north coast of Ireland, western coast of Scotland, all the way up to Norway and Iceland, there's a creature in the mythology that is half seal, half human, the selkie. And the selkie comes up from the water, looks like a seal when you're looking down, but then it steps onto land and mingles with the humans, only to put a cloak on and jump back into the water and disappear away again. But there's actually folklore, and we did a bit of research in the UCD Folklore Commission down in Dublin, that the O'Kane clan, or the Canes, or in Irish, the O'Cahans, they are a family or a clan connected to the Selkie people and for centuries believed that they were actually Selkies. And there's a bit of a tragedy in this song as well, isn't there? Yeah, well this is based on an 18th century Scottish song called The Great Selkie of Suleskerry. So we were inspired by the song, usually sung as a sort of slow ballad uh, with lots and lots of verses. The version we find was in the Scots language. So we wanted to update it, so we wrote some new verses and uh, yeah, through our own spin on it. So it's a bit of a tragedy in there, yeah. You'll hear it in the song, yeah. but <laughs> it's to do with the tradition of the seal hunters, which was very, very you know, big in the 18th century. So the gunners or the, the hunters would, would hunt the seals. But unfortunately in this song, there's a, a bit of a mix-up. Mistaken identity. <laughs> Mistaken identity, yes. That's what we've got to watch out for.
his web with autumn colors seeping in. Bleeding red. October moon, all full of gin. He held his gun against his chin. At young old he took his aim. That's so fantastic. So that's a very good example of you guys taking a very traditional song but putting your own stamp on it, both lyrically and musically. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was our sort of selkie myth mixed with a bit of Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a kind of bunch of influences that are quite surprising, don't you? I mean, I think the Beatles have been mentioned in the oh, absolutely. past. Absolutely, yeah. We all love the Beatles. Mike and I, Mike was my neighbour when we were growing up and we grew up playing in a lot of different bands together and singing a lot of sort of different types of music and then I met Donald singing um, sort of folk songs and singing in choirs and things like that and so when we came together it was just a mix of all those influences so yeah the Beatles, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Joni Mitchell and then all the folk and traditional music and things like that. What sort of bands were you and Michael in? Loud rock bands yeah. And a lot of riffs. Heavy metal, rock and roll, and everything <laughs> in between. <laughs> you wouldn't think it really, just to, hit, to look at you now, to hear you now. But you, you were really into that kind of much more noisy. Yeah, but that's music. where it's with, with, with True, first of all, we, we meet at Harmony, but then the influence of more alternative music, and, and then doing some of these, you know, 300, 400 year old songs with electric guitar and with, you know, experimenting with strange effects and textures, but always letting the song sort of live at the front of that and supporting it with. You know, new ideas. So, are, are there other famous musicians from this area? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're just as we're on the the waterfront here. There's a house over there. As you walk up into Kilbrony Park, which is where we're going to go up to the Clockmore Stone up the mountain. Tommy and Colm Sands live in there, and they have a studio. And uh, some of your listeners might know the Sands family, who were, you know, making music in the 60s and 70s, and are, I think they're still touring Germany. But yeah, Tommy gifted us a fantastic song called County Down which we recorded on our first album and actually that was our very first song that we did wasn't it the very first song we, we learned we went up to Derry up to a studio with a, a great jazz drummer and producer called David Little just to work out sort of the true sound for the very first time so that was Tommy Sands sort of supporting us with that song and, and thankfully it, it works out we do it at every gig we do and it's, it's a really powerful one could you give us a blast yeah, of it sure, yeah sure. When you're out walking and there's no one near you But a voice keeps calling and you hear your name It's not the leaves or the whispering breezes It's me that's calling you back again 
So now we're up the mountain. Which mountain? Where, where have we come? Yeah, so we've come in uh, past Kilbrony Park on Strever and we're up at the top car park and we've got a wee a jaunt, pretty steep now, I must say, a wee steep jaunt up to Clockmore. So Steve Martin's just up the top of this and uh, it's a beautiful view down on the loch itself. Well, there's already a view starting there and I can just see some... Is that smoke Small rising as well fire, there? Yeah. From a fire, yeah. Down below, and we're surrounded by conifers now, aren't we? Um, yeah, it's beautiful, really, really beautiful here. But this, uh, I have uh, very strong memories. I used to play a lot of Gaelic football and uh, do a lot of hard training sessions with Down Miners and with my school, St Coleman's in Newry. And so we would run up from where we just drove. What, from the bottom there? We'd run up through the mountain and then we'd get up to this point and we had to sprint what we're just about to walk. We had to sprint all the way up to 30 o'clock more. And you didn't want to be last, so it was a hard one. Okay, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> let's give it a go. I've got my trainers on. So we've heard a lot from Donal. I think we should hear from you as well, yeah. Zach. So I grew up just outside Lisburn, which is just outside Belfast, really. And I came to music, I suppose as a... had piano lessons as a child, but was never really into it. And then it was rock music was my first love in terms of music. So that's where the, the guitar started. And Did you pick up uh, the electric guitar or the acoustic well, guitar? Well, my dad had an acoustic guitar, you know, sitting in the house and he would have a few chords. So, you know, I could strum a bit of that, but that was, uh, it was when the electric guitar, that's where it all really kicked off for me. And then in school, as a teenager, I was just playing in loads of bands. And Are we aware of traditional music being around you? My dad had a few albums, but it wasn't something that was massive. Traditional music didn't really come into my world until I started singing in a group down in Dublin, which is where I met Donal. And this group was my first sort of encounter as well with singing in Irish and the Irish language as well, which wasn't really part of my upbringing. So did you have to learn the Irish language? Yeah, uh -huh. so that's been a great journey for me. And what impact did it have on you? Why did you 
feel drawn to it at that time, coming out of a rock background? I think it was just the stories, songs and stories about where I'm from and the things that are going on where I live. So just fell in love with it that way. Mm. And then me and Donald, we started, when we were touring with this group, we started experimenting, arranging the songs and singing together. And I was already singing and playing with Mike. And so we had the idea of sort of bringing the two worlds together. And was, and was there any kind of reaction from the people that you'd, the kind of scene that you'd been in before? Just wondering whether it was fashionable or not fashionable to get involved in traditional music coming out of rock music. Do you know, I wonder if other people of your age were saying, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, definitely there was a few people who perhaps, yeah, didn't understand. <laughs> You know, why are you singing in this different language? <laughs> or things like that. But to be honest, I haven't really, I've never really taken much notice of that. Yeah, I just follow my nose in terms of whatever feels right and natural to myself. And uh, when we started recording and singing together, it felt, it just came so naturally and felt great. So just kept doing it and so, the first album, No Fixed Abode, the, the main themes of that were about place. So we started digging into the local songs from our areas where we all grew up. So we arranged songs from around here, Newry in the Mourne area, and then where I'm from, County Antrim. And so that gave us a real sort of aim for the first album, which was a great process. I think process. that's when you first got in touch with me, isn't it? The, I think yep. there was a sense that what you were doing chimed with what we were doing on Folk on Foot. Okay. It's been a bit of a long gestation period, but um, you, know, you were aware of the sense of place. Exactly, yeah. That makes Folk on Foot so Absolutely, powerful. so it's, yeah. this is, you know, exactly what, what we're into. The sense of location and place that these songs can, can give us. I just uh, want to point out that if I am a little bit out of breath, <sighs> It's because it is getting a bit steeper. Oh, me too. And we are sprinting, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely, getting the, getting the adrenaline. Uh, so the climb is getting higher. And I can imagine there's going to be a spectacular view at the top here. But uh, Michael, can we bring you into the sure conversation thing. a bit as well? Because I believe you have some Ukrainian heritage. That's right, yeah. Um, granddad came over and landed in England after the war. In about 1948. In the Second World War. Yeah, yeah. Second World War, after having uh, been taken from Ukraine by the Nazis uh, for forced labour. So he worked in Austria and uh, yeah, ended up um, in England as a refugee in '48 and fell in love with a, a Scots lass and that was Granny. And then they had two sons, one of which ended up as a British soldier patrolling the streets of Belfast in the 70s and oh that's where dad met mum so that was the start of our family. What so. a story. Yeah, yeah. So what, it, what effect does it have on you having that, that knowledge? Um, it's always been an interest in trying to connect or know what part of your heritage to connect to and not really appreciating it until you know getting a bit older and realising what it actually means to you know have blood from Eastern Europe and being able to be have a sense of pride of different parts of blood and family and yeah i mean i'm guessing that the recent events in ukraine have had a big impact on you then yeah well we still have some family and friends out there and a couple of friends and i took a two trips out there in 2021 to uh 
deliver some humanitarian aid and that was the first time visiting Ukraine and so the first time you'd ever been there yeah well, uh, what was that experience like that was amazing I mean it was unfortunate circumstance to have such a trip I'm the first one in our family to return there so really sort of felt granddad's blood crossing over the border and returning to the country after he'd been taken when he was 18 so it was and where did you go to powerful. in ukraine uh, a place called chernitsy um, in the southwest so relatively safe at that time so it was uh, we were only going to go to romania and leave our aid stuff there but it felt uh, safe enough to nip over the border and and did you meet relatives there? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. That yeah. must have been very strange to meet people with whom you have a big connection but you've never met before. Yeah, it was powerful, yeah, and, and uh, it's always been a worse, I suppose, when 2020 kicked in. A lot of people hadn't maybe heard of Ukraine or knew what it was, or but uh, all of a sudden it was in everyone's mind. But uh, it, it had always been on ours and the family, so, um, yeah, it just sort of embedded the even the more sense of here on what and where my family came from. So. Has it had any musical influence on you having that heritage? Um, it's hard. To, there's no other musicians in the family as such, but you know, lots of creativity. Uh, but not long after that, actually, uh, we true uh, tackled a Ukrainian folk song, and we have a friend in, in uh, Belfast who helped us translate a verse or two, and we kept a couple of verses in Ukrainian, and you know that was very special, and released that as a fundraising sort of track of awareness for the time so that was really it's really beautiful it's called playing a catcha story about a, a son and a mother parting during a war but it, i suppose it, it could uh, speak of the, the the country parting you know because it's had a turbulent history but that especially that corner where granddad was from at one point it was part of romania then part of poland then soviet union and what about your father being a british soldier in Belfast. Uh, Again, that's a controversial bit of history, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. And and, and again, it's, it's the more time goes on, and only now, 50 or so years later, having the perspective on, on how I've sort of dealt with the thought of that. and But, you know, uh, he was only, I think, 20 at the time as, as well, and walking around Belfast, you know, patrolling the streets. Does he share memories with you about those times? Yeah, a little, yeah, but, um, yeah, I suppose it was a good job that he uh, fancied the girl giving out flowers for her church, you know, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, suppose, yeah. I suppose you guys are of the age where you are the sort of children of the Good Friday Agreement, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, well, do you know, I just remember still you know being a kid and seeing soldiers on the street with guns so i'm actually and, and road blockades and checkpoints so i'm actually really glad of that because i can still appreciate what it was even for the generation above us to what they grew up even even more of that you know and you know hearing a bomb or two in your day and and, and of course the oma bomb and you know being old enough to know what that meant but um yeah, and as Zach said, you know, we we grew up in uh, Lisburn, just outside Belfast, and especially I grew up in a housing estate that was uh, staunchly loyalist, and never heard of trad or these songs. So true as well has been a, a gateway, you know, and only in my thirties to have that uh, door and opportunity open. It's been an amazing journey, and and reconnected me with parts of Irish heritage and stuff, something to be proud of, and now it's a never-ending fountain of songs to explore that you know that that we're getting our way through so <laughs>
So it's interesting what you're saying because it sounds like one of the songs that I've heard you sing. And I wonder, Donal, if you can just tell us about that and maybe standing here with this amazing backdrop of the mountains and the mist and the water, I wonder if you could you could sing the song as well. Yeah, well, just behind us here, we look down on Carlingford Loch and this is the border. This is actually the uh, southeasternly most point of Northern Ireland. So if you look across there, those mountains, that's the Coolies, that's County Louth, the Republic of Ireland, and we're standing here in the north. And there's a particular song that we put on our first album. We actually got a chance to sing it in the Ulster Hall at the ceremony for the Northern Ireland Music Prize when we were nominated for Best Album. But it was a special moment for us. But it's a very typical folk song because this melody actually dates back to maybe 18th century. It's known as either the Merry Month of May or the Nightingale, so it has two names. But in the 1950s, a very famous Irish artist called Dominic Behan, a writer, a poet, a singer, he wrote a song which is very, very well known, a Republican song called The Patriot Game. The Clancy brothers took that, they were friends of Behan. They went over, conquered America, went to Carnegie Hall, sang this song, and a wee lad called Bob Dylan heard it, and he loved it, but he did his own thing with it and he wrote a song called God on Our Side which was a sort of a protest song anti-war against Vietnam but the melody is the same and um, goes back centuries so we wanted to do something and obviously what's happening in the last decade here is, is really changing the culture and uh, with Brexit it has changed a lot it, it's caused a lot of cultural conflict which obviously was there but it's putting another spanner in the works and uh, it's coming back to the surface yeah very much um it was already pretty close to the surface so we're we just wanted to write a song i mean what can a song do but sometimes a song is all you have so we wanted to write our own and this is uh, our version and we call it rebel song country I come from is caught in distress Its name is disputed It depends when you've cried While the smoke at the border blows on both sides On all these young rebels this irony is lost A beauty born terrible And worse was the cost Looking up at the stars Did I see flags that fly Laying there in the graveyard With God on their side Laying there in the graveyard God on their side With the speed of the flame We are caught in the peace
by the rivers and shucks where singing birds flew. The frontier is creeping into our view, and it soon won't be long before lies are exchanged and the people will fight instead of complain. Yes, the people will fight instead of complain. With the speed of the flame, we are caught in the peace. So beautiful, the harmonies that you put into that song and such evocative language. I mean, the the image that you have of people lying in the graveyard with God on their side is such a powerful lyric. Yeah, and the, the folk tradition has all these lyrics in there. And a few Dylan words in there. There's a W.B. Yeats line in there as well from a Easter 1916, a very, very evocative poem. And it's just a matter of seeing and hearing these words and, and I suppose they're they're in the tradition so we feel it's okay to, to borrow uh, lines and and then actually try and use them to express ourselves and, and uh, to express what's happening now because I think folk songs, folk music, it's not about the past, it's about what's happening now. Now I see over to my left here that there's a great big boulder mm-hmm. on top of the mountain. Can we walk up there and yeah. see what that is? Good stuff. So here we are at the top of the mountain and there's a huge boulder here. How did that get here? Well, it's a 50-ton granite stone and they call it Clockmore, the big stone. So there's a few people up here. It's kind of a bit of a ritual. Local people walk up here and it looks right over the, the lock. And, but, and the view, I mean, just to be uh, yeah. clear, the view goes all the way around us now and you can see the sort of patchwork of the fields below and the hills over the other side. It's very green, isn't it, from, so, from here? Yeah. And then the conifers rising up behind us and then the lock over to that side. Yeah, and behind us here you can look, and that's Carlingford, the little yeah. beautiful little village down over there. And so the story goes that this stone was thrown here by a giant. Fionn McCool is a very prolific giant in the mythology of Ulster and he was in a fight with Ruskara, the giant of winter and, and ice. So uh, obviously Phil McCool beat him, and this is the stone that did it. Cracked Ruskara in the skull, and he fell over and died. Yeah, I can see how it would, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's big, big isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely big. And a lot of people seem to have carved their names into it as well. You can see where people have left old I graffiti here. No, no, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but what a spot for a song. And this is a song 
that's been recorded by loads of different people. It's one of my all-time favourite songs, so I'm so glad you're going to sing it. And this is Wild Mountain Time. And why did you decide you wanted to put your stamp on, on that? Well, as you said, it's an absolute classic that's uh, sung the world over. But I think it was actually at Donald's wedding, and it was a bit of a session, mm. and we were all singing Wild Mountain Time broke out. And then for some reason, and it just occurred to me, why haven't we done this with True? <laughs> so then we kind of looked into the history of it, and there's sort of a debate on the origin of it. Is it an Irish song? Is it a Scottish song? But uh, as we understand, it's based on the poem of uh, called The Braes of Belquither by Robert Tannehill. He wrote that in the 1770s in Scotland. But it's made its way over to Ireland in various forms and various guises. So you're and claiming it, are you? I think so. I think the McPeaks. Yes, uh, the McPeaks. The Belfast family in the 50s and 60s, they managed to get their stamp on it and... Uh, it's, I think it's their song now. So it's a Belfast song now, no longer Scottish. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be one or two people who might get in touch with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hotline. <laughs> to take issue with folk, that. Yeah, call us now. Hotline. Email email info at folkonfoot.com if you take a different view. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So uh, it's great to play it up here with all the heather mm. around And the heather is absolutely uh-huh. gorgeous because it's not just purple, is it? Actually, it's kind of russet yep, yep. coloured as well around us. So it's a perfect place to sing this. And the trees are sweetly blooming And the wild mountain time Blows around the blooming heather Will you go, lassie, go And we'll all go together To black Yon pure crystal fountain, and on it I will leave all the flowers of the mountain. Will you go, lassie, go? And we'll all go together to pluck wild mountains. Will you go, lassie, go? 
There'd be no better place to hear that song than here in the mountains, surrounded by heather, and with, with the mist just coming down in the valley there across the conifers. Thank you so much, Michael, Zach, Donal. It's been a joy to walk with you today. Thank you very much indeed. This has been true, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for coming over. Thank you. We really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. And if you'd like us to go on making more of these podcasts, please support us by making a contribution through Patreon or by buying us a coffee. You can do both things at folkonfoot.com slash support us. And we really appreciate any donation, no matter how small. We love making Folk on Foot and with your help, we'd like to go on making it forever. Mm -hmm.